With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's so much better to record when we win, and we won, and we won big. Nice bounce back for the Mountaineers. We're going to talk about the Baylor game. We're going to preview the Texas game. We're going to tell the Longhorns why they should just quit. And we're going to get to the pop culture, which is it soda or pop? What do you call it? The raspy voice kids. We in the building. Get at us. Raspy voice. Pop culture for this week. Is it soda or is it pop? Or do you call it something else? See, this seems like such a benign question, but when I put it up on our poll on Twitter, it was one of our biggest responses that we've ever received on a Twitter poll or Facebook poll because people got feelings about what you call a soft drink. Which also, why do we call it a soft drink? I don't know. Anyway, that said, it turns out what you call it depends on where you live or where you're from, right? And of course, birds of a feather flock together, so if your friends and family call it something, if your community calls it something, that's what you call it. In our poll... Pop won. Pop was the number one choice over soda. But I will say the majority of people who were responding were from West Virginia. And people in West Virginia call it pop. People in the Midwest call it pop also. Jeremy, what do you call it? I'm soda, man. Her parents are from the Northeast. You already know this. People in the Northeast, they call it soda. People on the West Coast, they call it soda. I was interest- I, it was interesting to me to find out that down South, usually they call it Coke. It don't matter what you're drinking, what brand you're drinking, yeah. what soda you're drinking, they'll call it all Coke because Coke started down there, which is weird to me and I think is wrong. I don't say things are wrong very often, but come on now. call it- If you get a Sprite, hey, you want a Coke? That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even no, make sense. They- Jeremy, Sprite, Dr. Pepper, root beer, uh, it doesn't matter. They call it all Coke. It makes zero sense. And then I got a friend from who's from Alabama. He said they call it, they say drink. They just say drink. Give me a drink. If I say drink, I'm talking about an adult <laughs> beverage. If I say give me exactly a drink. what I'm talking about. But they call everything drink. How do you know what you want? How do you know I don't want lemonade? I don't want iced tea. I don't want a cold ice water. How do you know? This don't make no sense. But somehow it makes sense to them. It's so weird. Like I remember growing up, all like you said, all our fam, our friends and family, they all called it uh, soda. I'll be mostly our family. So then when I started going to my friend's house and they was like, "Oh, you want a pop?" I was like, "Pop? What is pop. what is pop?" You know, it sounded like some kind of jug, a new jug. You want some pop? <laughs> nah, gee, I don't roll that way. <laughs> but uh, you know, you get used to it. The funniest thing is we're sitting here talking about different terms for things. I remember Brandon. We were at Tishy's one time. I don't know if you remember this. We were at our great aunt Tishy's house. And, and it was all us kids there. And she said, uh, you guys want some wieners? <laughs> and yeah, I, I was like, and I looked around. What? I looked around. No, I looked around. I was like, did, did you guys not hear what she just said? <laughs> Everybody's okay with this? What's some wieners? What? Where'd y'all send me? Because I, you know, my whole life, I only called them hot dogs. Because that's what they wieners. are. Because that's what they are. They're hot dogs. I thought, what in the world is this lady talking about? Well, you know, funny. other people in New York call them Franks. They call it, you know, hot dog, Franks, wieners. Uh, yeah, if people say weenie roast, I'm just a hot dog. It's a hot dog. I don't, you know, 
To me, it's a lot more simple to just call it a hot dog. I'm not. I just feel more comfortable with a hot dog. A that's lot just more comfortable. That's just me personally. I was offended. I was shocked and offended, <laughs> and I, I just couldn't believe everybody was okay that she was just offering. <laughs> Plus, I was like, what in the world plus is going where, on? Where'd she get them from? You know I mean, like, anyway, this conversation going too far. We got to stop. We got to stop. But my question is, what do you guys call it? Is it pop? Is it soda? Is it Coke? Is it drink? What is it? Uh, uh, there's one person told me, she says, I call it bad for you. Listen, this conversation not for you, Dan, okay? But that's how you feel. But that's all right. That's all right. We're going to move on. We just want to know what you guys call it. So if you haven't already responded to the poll, hit us on Twitter. Hit us on Instagram. Facebook, whatever it is, let us know what you call it. The Raspy Voice Kids are pro soda till I die. Raspy Voice! The Raspy Voice Kids are brought to you by the king of the fat sandwich. That is Sandwich U located on 461 High Street. Truck Neal, that is Chris Neal, former Mountaineer, former Redskin, big dog, good dude, always taking care of your boys, and he makes them sandwiches like nobody else. It's him and George Tanyos representing for the whole state representing for all of Morgantown. And if you're in the stadium, you can get a sandwich there too. Of course, Swill Dog making the finest hard cider in all of the world. As always, get their current pumpkin because it is the bomb. Just ask Tony Phoenix. It's my pops. Always and never will we forget Shrinkables because they make some beautiful puppies. And they're great sponsors, great partners. And of course, Astor Auto of Charleston. Represented and led by Mr. Jamie Spears, the man with the plan. They have the finest automobiles in all of the state. If you want to ride in style and be treated with respect, Astor Auto of Charleston. They represent West Virginia and they represent the RVK. We also want to thank Mr. Jim Ashley. Jim Ashley, the international traveler, quintessential businessman, jimashley.biz. Get at him. You're back with the Raspy Voice Kids, Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix on the mic. I am Brandon a.k.a. I also hate Pitt Phoenix. I am joining him. We are the Hale West Virginia Podcast. That's what we're presenting this week. And, of course, we're coming off of a big win against Baylor. We're coming off of a big scrimmage win, Purdue beating Purdue in one of those quote-unquote secret scrimmages that everybody knows about and talks about later. We are also now officially uh, the MAC champions in men's soccer which has nothing to sneeze at because they're like the third best league in all of the country. Uh, so really, truly, it is a great week to be a Mountaineer. There's nothing like winning on Thursday, so you don't have to worry about Saturday. And that's what the Mountaineers did. We took an L, then we bounced back. And we didn't just bounce back. We won 58-14, to 14, covering the spread for, I believe, the fourth time out of six games this year. Am I right, Jeremy? Or fifth time out of seven games? Um, and like they say, good teams win, great teams cover. So, what'd you think about the Baylor Bear game? The Baylor game. Okay, we start with the Baylor game. Um, <clears throat> our win is a win, man, and that was a big win. Our defense showed up. Our offense showed up. Uh, it was great, and like you said, it was a Thursday night. Uh, we got to watch it, and then we got to kick our feet up and just enjoy football on Saturday. It's been a while since we've been able to do that. And we talked a lot about whether or not Spav was going to be innovative. You kept saying that you wanted to see creativity. That was one of your big things. You wanted to see creativity because against Iowa State, they shut us down and it was like we had no answers. Did you see what you wanted to see out of Jake Spavital in that offense? 
I did. I saw some plays that, that really look new and look fresh. And um, some of them screens, that, that, that they were super quick. Like, they were ready. They were prepared. They were ready for whatever Baylor was going to give to them. That's what I wanted to see. Now, I didn't go perfectly smooth in the first quarter. We had to settle for three field goals in the first quarter. But we got it right, and we started moving. Some of those big runs were purely based off scheme because we had set them up with the pass. We had spread them out. And so some of the big runs that we got were purely great uh, play calls, executed well as well. I felt the same way. One of the things I was worried about was the offensive line. The offensive line was not spectacular um, early on, especially not on the right side, but Chase Barrett, when he played, he balled. He really balled. He played really well. He was really solid there at guard. Um, and that's something we can look forward to go like moving forward. I like Tevin Bush getting touches. We can see that guy's a firecracker. When he gets touches, big things can and do happen. I love that. Um, I love that I felt like Will Greer was locked in. I was worried that he was going to lose his confidence because we had 10 bad quarters. People start talking, but he showed he's a grown man. And grown men get up and they handle their business, what he did. They had a players-only meeting. The senior leaders responded. They, they, they led the young men that they needed to lead, and those young men responded as well. I was really happy with the whole thing, and the night was fantastic. I felt like the fans were pretty good. I felt like the students were pretty good even for a Thursday night. Um, Tavon Austin was in the building. I mean, you can't get much better than that. Noel Devine was in the building. Uh, there was just so many stars. There was so many, so much of what I call West Virginia royalty. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get to see a lot of those people, meet a lot of those people. I met a lot of people who like our show. It was just such a great night. And like I said, when you win, everything feels better, right? So, uh, for me, I, I was just, I was just overall happy. And then to look at what our dogs are doing, top 25 ranked defense, number one in the big 12, everybody out there. We, do we still want to fire Gibby? Is that what is it? Hashtag fire Gibby. We still want to fire Gibby. Stop talking about the man from Van. Stop talking about the man from Van. Injury injury after injury after injury, and it's next man up. Next man up, get the job done, and then also, how are we going to forget? Dante Stills killed a man on Thursday night. (laughs) He lit him up. Lit that dude up. up. Hey, I wanted to get that out real quick. I want to big up all the people who got sacks, some dogs coming through. Dante Stills, David Long, Zeke Rose, Giovanni Stewart. Is it X-Reload? Is that how you X-Ray? I My bad. Low. Number 17 doing his thing. <laughs> Some sacks. Let's also talk about the minor hat. Who had the minor hat? Uh, Shay Campbell. You saw yeah. the reception, man. That dude plays so well. This defensive, is player, defensive player of the game. That's right. You give them a few games to grow up, and they get it done. Shea Campbell, minor hat. Toya Savey, minor hat. Keith Washington, minor hat. All of them at pickoffs. And then we had Sean Mahone with, with a fumble record. Uh, or, uh, see? Now I'm messing up. Fumble recovery, that's four turnovers. That's big time. I got to give a shout to Tom Gressack, Eric Gressel's brother. If you know Gressel, Gressel on High Street. His brother, we're watching the game, is 41 to nothing. We're going back to his house, you know, for a beverage at halftime. And he says, we need a turnover here. I said, now, can you be any more greedy than we need a turnover at 41 to nothing at halftime? But guess what? (laughs) He was prophetic. And like you said, we got it. So that was awesome. Um, The other thing I want to say about the minor hat. I want to see that minor hat. The RVK want to see the minor hat. It should come out with the state flag when they come out on the field. Whoever got it last for the last game, whoever was the last person to wear it, should be the one wearing it on the way out to start the game. That would be dope. Don't you think that would be dope? No, no, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Brayden, do you know what Gibby's dogs are doing now? I just you told you. They're they're, no, their last five games. Do you know how many turnovers they've had in the last five games? Uh, I, I could No, not the last five games. 
16 turnovers in five games, Brandon. Jeremy. 16 turnovers in five games. That minor hat is making a difference, man. Them dudes want that hat. Then it should, I'm that, telling you, it should be on full display. We could, I couldn't be any more proud of them dogs because they came out and they balled. They held them down over and over and over again. Play after play. Like you said, next man up, missing linebackers. It doesn't matter. They were hungry and they were sharp. And that's the focus I was looking for. These other games, these last 10 quarters that I was complaining about saying, oh, I thought they were come out sharp. Oh, I thought they were come out real. This game, they did that. This game, they executed. This game, they looked hungry. This is the Mountaineer team that we knew we had, that we've seen before, but this is what we've wanted the whole time. Now we have to maintain it. Um, Will Greer spreading the ball around. I think there was uh, eight different receivers who caught passes, including both tight ends. Uh, Wesco going over 50 yards. Jennings and Sills going over 100 yards each. Two touchdowns apiece. Like, we were back, and we looked good, and it was exciting. And, man, my weekends and weeks are so much better when we get that W and, and look good doing it. And shout to Martel Petaway on that big run, making a move in the secondary to get to the zone. I mean, they balled, son. And, uh, like I said, we know about the key players on offense. Everybody talks about the key players on offense. I think sometimes all we think about is Kenny Bigelow and David Long on defense. We got key players in that secondary with those safeties. Toyus Avery, like you mentioned. Dante Steele's growing up before our eyes. Um, and then, like, like the, the thing that I just can't ever stop getting over is the, that the players who are actually from the Mountain State, like people who are actually from West Virginia, they just have this pride. But but Kenny Bigelow and T.J. Simmons and 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 Jabril Robinson they have the same kind of pride. You would think they grew up here. Like it's just it's, it's something I just can't get over. I love it. They love this squad. By the way, I was down by the sideline, Jay, and I saw Jabril and Dante warming their hands up with the heater. I said, "Come on, man, y'all supposed to be some dogs." And Jabril didn't even look at me. He said, "You." He said, "You already know we some dogs. Don't even come over here with." That. <laughs> So I said, all right, big dog, you got it. You got it this time. You got a big dog. You need to check your toe. He got check a big dog. He got a big dog. Hey, hey, hey he got a big. When we, when we all get that, uh, let's start Jack Allison going. Four for four with a touchdown. Yeah. Start Jack, yeah. boy. Start Jack. And, uh, again, uh, talking about key players, of course, Shea Campbell was the defensive player of the game. He was the dog. He, of course, was a key player. When you have those guys locked and loaded, when they are the key, they can unlock any door and Baylor was not a threat. They were a 13.5-point dog. Morgantown at night, we were supposed to win. We weren't supposed to win 58-14. to 14. And we weren't supposed – there were people saying we were going to lose out after losing to Iowa State, right? Come on now. Come on now. So, come on now. Stop it. This shows you what we can be. Now, I am not the kind of guy who will tell you that because of that game, we're now – like, people are back to the, we're going to win the Big 12, we're going <laughs> to be in the playoff, I can't believe we're not ranked higher – just enjoy the win. Your life will enjoy be so it. much better as a Mountaineer. So much better. And honestly, this is not just for Mountaineers. Your life will be so much better as a sports fan if you just enjoy the You know what? Let's go beyond that. Life is so much better when you just enjoy the ups yep. and you survive the downs. Just enjoy the ups and survive the downs because you don't always get 58 to 14. You know, you don't always start out the season 6-1. and one. You're not always ranked in the top 12 in both polls, 10 in the AP 12 and the coaches. It, that's where we are right now. This is a good place to be. It's not the best place. It could be better. And maybe in the future it will be. But right now, we just focus on who and what we are. And what we are is winners because we just won. 58-14, yep. yep. bears down, bears down. It could be a little better, but a whole lot worse. Rack me, boys! 
Astorgato of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgato of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgato.com. Quick little note we want to just throw in here about Purdue versus West Virginia. Second year in a row, we've had a scrimmage against them. It's supposed to be a secret scrimmage. It's not really a secret scrimmage because we all find out. In fact, Skylar Callahan tweeted out the box score from the secret from the secret uh, scrimmage. West Virginia won. Now, it's important to note, last year we lost, but we still made it to the Sweet 16. Um, this year we won. We won without Sags, without Beetle. Both held out for yeah. what they are calling precautionary reasons. But if you remember... Beetle wasn't out for the Golden Blue debut either. He he didn't play that game either. So just have to kind of watch that, see what's going on with the hand. But you know we'll wait and see. Um, but Issa led with twenty and seven. Wes Harris uh, balled in the Golden Blue debut. So it's interesting. The other thing that was really interesting to me is that we had eighteen turnovers, which is not great. The backcourt is the concern, especially when Beetle's not there because of uh, the lack of experience. Um, even though I think we've got a lot of talented guys. So 18 turnovers makes me concerned. But I didn't see the game, so I don't know exactly what happened. But I do know that Press Virginia was able to force 24 turnovers. And that makes you feel good about, uh, almost like Gibby, about Hugs being able to do what he wants with his boys. Um, I like this little matchup thing that they have going on because I feel like Purdue is typically a really good team. They're a well-coached team by Coach Painter. And they've got a seven foot three dude in there. So that tells you that Culver and Route and the rest of the boys must have played well against the big man if we were able to pull out the win. Yeah, yeah, and everybody wants to worry, uh, wonder about McCabe and what McCabe did. And uh, I saw that he had like six assists. He hit three three-pointers. Um, so the new kid, those newcomers really look like they played pretty solid. Chase Harlow had like 13 points. So I don't know, man. I'm just excited for this year. I'm really excited to see who we are and what we are. And I think Purdue's, Purdue is always a physical team, a team that's very tough. So it's good to see um, I was getting the win. Honestly, it doesn't really matter right now, but it's, you know, that's that's good practice for us. But I like to win everything. I don't care if it's a scrimmage. I don't care. I, I want us to win everything. So I'm glad we won. The other thing I'll say about all of this is let's be patient with this basketball team. I know we're number 13 starting the season, but let's be patient. There's a lot of growth that's going to have to happen in that backcourt for us to reach the potential we want to reach. Losing Jax, Jax, Dax, well, yeah, Jax. Dax and JC is a big deal. You know, four-year starters, guys who went through everything, who've seen everything, who'd accomplished so much. You can't just replace that. I don't care how good the guys coming in are. And the guys coming in are very good. Let's be patient with this team. I don't want – you remember we lost to Texas A&M at the beginning of the year last year and, the, and everybody said the sky was falling? The sky yeah. was not falling. We blew some leads – in games, it was frustrating. We went through that stretch, but the sky was not falling. There are adjustments to be made. It's a long college basketball season. So let's give these guys some time. If they start out hot, be ready for, for a freshman slump, for a freshman drop-off. But just know that the key is what we do at the end of the season, not at the beginning. That's my little personal rant on the whole situation. That's how I feel about West Virginia basketball this year. But as always, in hugs, we trust. Oh, okay, I thought you had something to say. I, you look like you had something you were about to say. Nope. All right, Texas preview. You ready? I'll give you one second. What did you say, Jordan? There's no video for this one. I know, but... Jeremy? Jeremy? Yeah. Okay, cool. Get all audacity's going, Jay? 
Yep. All right, here we go. Texas preview. It is time to preview the next game on our schedule. I am Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. Joined by Jeremy J. Enfine Phoenix. I personally like to take our season one game at a time. I know I am in the minority when it comes to Mountaineer Nation, but this week, it's Texas week. Beat Texas, horns down. All that said, let's talk about who they are. Texas is a physical team. Texas has a good offensive line, a good defensive line, a good front. But, Jeremy, that secondary got exposed on Saturday. They really did. I felt like Tom Herman got exposed a little bit. I feel like Tom Herman showed his tail at the end of the game a little bit. Um, He said he took exception to the fact that Mike Gundy was talking to one of his players. No, Tom, I think you took exception to losing when you were ranked number six and thinking you guys were going to win out. Getting yourself whipped. That's what you took exception to. Same thing Hager took took exception to. Come on now. Now, they didn't get whipped. It was 38-35. They were getting whipped most of the game, then they made a comeback. But the the loss, after Brecken Hager said God spoke to him and told him, basically, they were the team of destiny. Come on, Brecken. Come on now. Brecken, you talked trash about us last year. Now, we'll talk about that. We got a segment just for that. We're not going to get to that. (laughs) But what we're going to say is I feel like Texas is an immature team. Um, but, But... and they show that to me from the head coach on down. But they have talent. They do. They, they really they've do. They've got real talent. We're one and a half point dogs starting out as far as the first line that came out. It's a 3.30 game, which helps us. I'd rather play midday in Austin than at night, like I would anytime on the road. Um, Sam Ellinger can ball. They've got guys who really can make plays. So this is not going to be a walk in the park. We're not even expected to win. But I personally think we're going to win this game. I, I do too. The thing that's funny about Texas is if you haven't paid attention to Texas, you would think they're this great team because, you know, they're ranked high and the way the media talks about them, like they're this, you know, juggernaut. Texas but then you, is back. Texas is back. But if you really pay attention to Texas and you really break down the stats, what's so special about Texas? I mean, exactly. they barely beat Kansas State. They won 19-14 over Kansas State. They barely beat Baylor, who we just whipped. They beat 20, them 23-17. Yep. They barely beat Tulsa, 28-21. Total yards are averaging 404 uh, total yards, and they're giving up 378, which shows they're an average team, an average team that had a stellar game against Oklahoma, who played well against USC, and USC's not that great. But on the flip side, Texas has talent. Don't get it twisted. They got studs on that team, and they have a good coach. So you could never underestimate a team that has studs and talent and who is hungry. Um, I'll give you an example. Collins, I think I'm really I'm really excited to see how we handle Kyle Collins. Is I think six four, six five, maybe six six, big receiver, number nine. Um, we know we had we just got done having troubles against Iowa State with that big receiver. How can we handle Colin Johnson? He's he's uh, averaging maybe uh, seventy eight yards a game. Then you have a uh, little jo- Jordan Humphrey, number eighty four. We already know about him. They have good receivers on this team. Now, can the quarterback get them the ball? We'll see. But we can't sleep on them just because they're not producing offensively because we saw them go off against Oklahoma. And like I said, when there's big receivers, when there's big-time receivers, sometimes we've had difficulties guarding them. So I'm I'm really interested in this receiver-defensive back matchup. Yeah, I I think that's that and getting pressure on the quarterback. That's the big thing to me. Can we get pressure on the quarterback? I'm not worried about stopping the run because I, I personally think we'll stop the run. Uh, I think against Iowa State, everybody's going to say, well, you didn't stop the run then. Well, yeah, but David Montgomery's the best running back in the Big 12. You know, and you can make the argument for Rodney Anderson, but he's hurt. 
I, Texas doesn't have a running back like that. Not saying their running backs are bad. Not saying they're bad, but they're not. I don't think they're as good. Uh, as uh, who's that running back from Oklahoma State Hill? Hill's pretty nice though. Justice Hill's good. Uh, yeah, he's Justice real good. Hill. But you I, make it my vote. I just like I like I like Montgomery because he's everything. He can do a little bit of everything. But anyway, um, so I'm not worried about stopping the run. I think we do well with that. I think Gibby does well with that. And I think Gibby does a really good job of putting your quarterback in a position that he doesn't want to be in. And it's very rare that a quarterback is able to overcome that. Purdy did it. Um, but most guys don't. So we'll see what Ellinger does. I, I like our coaching staff against Texas. I think we have a better coaching staff than Tom than what Tom Herman's put together. Um, so I, I think we get the win. And I also think that the guys just realize what's at stake, especially after losing at Iowa State. Um, I know it's frustrating that Texas lost because the matchup's not as big as it would have been, but Texas is still number 15. It's still a top 15 matchup. And it puts us at a, at a tie for first in the Big 12, which I like being in first place. So. Just, Just win. win, baby. That's all you got to do is worry about us win the games that we're supposed to win. Now, one thing that is of concern is that Marcus uh, Sims has a large contusion is what is being said. Skylar Callahan reported um, based on another report. I am not reporting this as news. I'm just telling you, if Marcus Sims is out, it makes it harder for us because Marcus Sims is arguably our best receiver. He's definitely the most dynamic. He's definitely the biggest home run threat. We've got other guys who can do Similar things to him. We've got plenty of weapons, so it's not like we don't have options. And, of course, it's always next man up. But it'd be real nice to have your your best receiver, arguably, on the field when you're playing in a game this big. Especially because he does, I mean, he, he can really take the top off the defense. He can really go by somebody with that speed. Here's my question, Brady. Now, I'm going to put the poll out tomorrow because I want to see what the rest of Mountaineer Nation feels. Is there any chance Lee Corso and Kirk Herbstreit pick West Virginia to beat Texas on game day this weekend? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, no, there is a zero percent <laughs> chance. There is a zero percent chance that either one of them. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about either one of them are going to pick West Virginia. I already know it. I can't wait to put this poll out because I can't wait to get zero percent on the yes. Because there, there's no way. We all know those haters. Well, we do, and we know. Uh, yeah, like I said, we know, and we know Tom Herman's mad. We know, we know Brecken Hager's mad. We know. All those guys out there, Texas is keyed up. They're ready to go. They're ready for a fight. So I hope our boys are too. I think give and, you a, and there's a and there's a difference between playing on the road in the Big Twelve and playing at home. It's a big difference. If well, not not just the Big Twelve year, in all of college football. College football. So we have to go to Austin. We get to go to their place after a loss. This is going to be a fight. Yeah, I mean, up for it's it. literally just what happened to us. We lost at night on the road in a game we were supposed to win when we were ranked number six. It's literally exactly the same thing that happened. So three, here we, three Saturday nights in a row, three Saturday nights in a row, us, then Ohio State goes down to Purdue uh, on the road to an unranked team. Then Texas goes down to Oklahoma State on the road at Saturday night to an unranked team. That's what happens. That's what happens. So like I said, I'm glad it's 3.30. Tune in. Make sure you're ready to watch. The dog's going to be out ready to eat. Spav's going to have that offense ready to run. And our guys are going to make us proud, in my opinion. That's what I believe. Let's see what happens. Right, me, boys. This is the Wolfman, Dale Wolfley, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Boom! It's that time again. It's your boy, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend. J. and Fiend Phoenix, looking fresh to death. Got them glasses, got that right, cut, right, got know, that pullover, you know. dude. I mean, just, I mean, just clean as a whistle. But right. guess what? No matter what, no matter what is going on, you need to know it's time for Texas to just quit now texas it's time for y'all to quit because 
You're Texas. You always do this. The moment people think you're back, you remind us that you're back to losing games you ain't got no business losing. You're back to embarrassing the Big 12. You're back to losing to Maryland two years in a row now. That's what you've done. Maryland, a garbage team. Pathetic, ridiculous, embarrassing. Then you take the lead in the Big 12. You beat the show pony, Oklahoma. I know it's a Red River rivalry. I still call it the Red River shootout. But then what do you do with it? You fumble the ball when you get to Oakey Light. Why? Why? Tom Herman gets outcoached by Mike Gundy. He's fortunate enough to have a big comeback but can't finish it. And when you can't finish it, Breck and Hager can't take it. He has a problem. The problem is he's not grown. And the reason he's not grown, he showed. When the game was over, he wouldn't let it be over. He had to run out, try to make some kind of a play that could have hurt somebody when he should have just quit. And then Tom Herman, knowing full well that Brecken Hager was in the wrong, used that opportunity to get an attitude to come out on the field and start yelling like he want to fight somebody. Now, Tom, I done seen you swing a sledgehammer. I saw you in the locker room when it was time to put those new lockers in. Those new lockers are dope, but I saw you swing the sledgehammer. Trust me, when it comes to fighting, you should just quit. All right? Stick to the strip club. Tom Herman should just quit. Texas hey. should just quit. They should all quit. I hate Texas. Hate every em. every single week I say the same thing. I hate Texas. And this year looks like finally it's the year. Finally they're getting the monkey off their back. Top five, top ten, or whatever. And you're the same t- Texas you've always been. Just quit, Texas. You're done. You're, you're never going to be what you were. You should just quit because you guys ran Mac Brown off. He resigned. No, the president forced him out. Sports Illustrated. Pat Ford said that. He said that uh, the president forced Mac Brown out. Back then, you were winning 10 games a year. Look at you now. You've won, you had one game over 500 in the last four years, and this is what you wanted. Just quit. I feel like Texas is like Tennessee. They think about the old days. They, they, they think there's something they're not. You're not, Texas. You, you, you pop off. You, you run around. I am so sick of you guys. All you guys know how to do is lose out of conference. Yeah, you beat USC this year, but that's because you lost to Maryland, like Brandon said. You lost to – Brandon said this already. You lost to Maryland two years. Or what in the world? We need Texas to be good. Actually, we don't need Texas to do anything. I'm just saying for the conference, it would look better. But you don't. You don't ever do anything substantial. All you know how to do is hurt our teams in conference. You should just quit. And Brandon brought in brought up Hager, which is so funny because he's going to try to run out of receiver at the end of a game. Look, dude, if you were doing that during the game, you wouldn't have been in that position. <laughs> like like Tom Herbert, you would have jumped back and get all fierce. Look, if y'all were playing that way, y'all wouldn't have get, been getting whipped. Look, just quit. Sit down and take your medicine because it's coming to Austin on Saturday. Just quit talking about who you are because you're in Texas. Just quit talking about your tradition, your history. It's not that great. Just quit talking about all the money you get because it hasn't done anything for you. Just quit talking about how many Texas players play for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. No one cares. They actually do something with it. You don't. Overall, top to bottom, beginning to end, just quit. Just quit. Because like Brandon said, he said this the other day on Twitter about another team, but it's good for you. You guys have Yankee talent and Yankee money, and you get Mets results. Sit down and just quit. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.